Slump Buster Podcast. The Slump Buster Podcast. The first quarter starts now. Well, fantasy owners got a little bit of a shock this week as we discovered that Jamar Chase, star wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, will be out with a hip injury. And not just an easy hip injury to come back from. This is going to be a hip fracture, a hairline hip fracture, and torn labrum. That's coming from Jordan Schultz. This came as a shock. This really did. I know that he got a little bit banged up in that last game, but a lot of people weren't really talking about it until about midweek. And when the news dropped that he was going to be out four to six weeks, I tell you, myself personally, I had a pending trade offer for Jamar Chase that I'm so glad got declined that morning before the news dropped. And I, <laughs> I know you, you were telling me pre-show here too, that even you had the same kind of deal going on. So yep. Yep. It, it tells you how blindsided people were when this happened. And I, I think now we can already count on Jamar Chase missing the next four weeks minimum. Most doctors say that it's at least a four-week injury. So you could count on him not being there. Hopefully you can stick around till the fantasy playoffs and be able to utilize him. But it really sucks because this Bengals offense was really starting to find its identity. They were really starting to play with a little bit of a swagger. And what I mean, Joe Burrow put up 400 plus yards in his last game against the Atlanta Falcons. So that, that tells you kind of what this offense was starting to do. Uh, they're, they're running off shotgun sets recently, a lot of three wide receiver sets. So there's going to be opportunities in this offense. They're going to be more of a pass-first offense running out of the gun. Who do you think is going to be the first person that's going to benefit from Jamar Chase's injury? That's uh, Tyler Boyd. I mean, the guy is a great wide receiver who's stuck behind two even greater wide receivers. Tyler Boyd is going to get some run here. He's going to have some really potentially good days. I, I like him a lot right now. If you are in need of a wide receiver, even even just as a rental, trying to get you sneaking into the playoffs, he might be a really good guy to go after. I mean, he put up a, over 150 yards in this last game against the Falcons. So he was clearly the better wide receiver on the day. But versus Higgins, you don't see any conflicts there? Or do you think that this Bengals offense is good enough to support two wide receivers? Of course, this Bengals offense is good enough to support two wide receivers. It has been for a while. In fact, it's been supporting three pretty Fair. well. Fair. So <laughs> I, I, I'm i not worried about that. Um, I mean, T. Higgins is still going to have get his and maybe even more now as the alpha for a little while. Okay. And. Boyd's going to look good. So do you consider Boyd eligible to be a low-end wide receiver one, or do you think he's firmly in the wide receiver two category with Chase out? I, I wouldn't put him quite up as high as wide receiver one territory, but I think wide receiver two, it, it makes sense. I mean, they got an offense that moves the ball really fast, really well, and he can put up some numbers, that's for sure. In Tyler Boyd's payday before Jamar Chase became a thing, I, I understand what you're talking about because – he was one of those great underrated fantasy options. And if I'm able to pull up like his uh, stat lines in those years, he had multiple seasons of over 100 fantasy points. But it wasn't a fluke. He had uh, over 1,000 yards for two straight years in there and three straight years of over 100 targets. So he was very involved before Jamar Chase just happened to burst on the scene like a ball of fire that he was. And just still all his targets. Basically, Jamar Chase stole Tyler Boyd's lunch and he's finally getting it back. So I'm happy <laughs> that Tyler Boyd is out there and he has an opportunity to succeed. Let's talk about the deeper league options because I know that some people are asking themselves, is there a third wide receiver that's going to benefit from here? Uh, Mike Thomas. So a Mike Thomas that actually can play football is going to be lining up for the Cincinnati Bengals as kind of their third wide receiver. You may see some Trent Taylor 
Do you like any of these guys in a deeper league? Or is these guys that you would consider starting if you're in a 14, 16 team league? I wouldn't be starting them. Um, you could potentially grab one as maybe some kind of sneaky option, but I, I wouldn't try throwing them in your starting lineup right now. Do you think this is an opportunity for a Joe Mixon to get further receiving work? Do you think this is a a place where you might see him cemented top four running back? I think it's possible. I don't know that it'll it'll move the needle that much, but it, it could give him a slight uptick in, in usage. Okay, what about for Joe Burrow himself? Because he was starting to climb up the quarterback rankings. You lose DeMar. I, I don't care who you are, right? We're seeing Brady struggle with yeah. some offensive linemen. We've seen Rodgers struggle with Devontae Adams not there. For a young quarterback like Joe Burrow, what do you think? Does this move him down significantly? A little bit. I, I mean, you can't lose a guy like Jamar Chase and not feel it a little bit. But Him or like a Kirk Cousins? I'd, still, I'd go with Joe Burrow. Dak, as Dak continues to get healthier. Give me Burrow. Okay, so you're still high on Burrow regardless of losing yeah. Lamar. I personally do think that he's going to take a hit, but I think that will slide him back into that 8 to 12 range, which if that's the case, I mean, you're not going to have a lot of better options mm-hmm. on a week-to-week basis to start anyway over Joe Burrow. But it is worth noting that you might just have to shift your expectations because when Jamar came his rookie year, it was pretty obvious <laughs> how good this Bengals offense became with him in it. And Joe Burrow was good his rookie year, but Chase really changed the game for him in terms of what his expectations and ability were from a fantasy football standpoint. His rookie year, if we're looking at Joe Burrow rookie year prior to Jamar Chase being drafted, what, a 10 to 15, quarterback 10 to 15, somewhere in that range. But yeah, when Chase got in there, then that's why people were drafting Joe Burrow as quarterback six this year, quarterback seven this year. People were feeling very confident in the ability because of what we saw with the Bengals offense in the Super Bowl run. Uh, so I, I do think that it's going to be a downgrade for Joe. Uh, obviously, upgrades for Tyler Boyd. Higgins, if he's healthy, upgrade for him. Uh, I don't think the tight ends, it really shifts the needle much. And we no. said that Mixon is probably about a neutral You know, that's kind of like stock up, stock down as far as the Bengals offense is concerned. But these guys are on fire. Let's hear more. Second quarter starts now. Drew, you know why this week is so fun for me? Because I get to say hook them because a University of Texas alumni, Sam Ellinger, is going to be starting rest of the season for the Indianapolis Colts. Kyle and I talked about it in another video, but we're here to talk about it from the fantasy football standpoint. What does this do for the Colts offense? A Colts offense that was bottom five this season with Matt Ryan under center. You'd think, could get any worse, right? Again, fantasy-wise, fantasy-wise, what does this do? People are asked, this is Michael Pittman? Michael Pittman was looking good for me this year. Michael Pittman was benefiting from Matt Ryan this mm-hmm. year. Maybe Michael Pittman's just that damn good? Or he's dependent on the quarterback. We'll, we'll see. What do you think? It, it's an interesting situation right now um, with the the benching of Matt Ryan, and also knowing that Nick Foles is the backup for now while Matt Ryan is on the men. Men. Yeah. It's interesting. Ellinger had some good moments in preseason games, but of course at no point did anybody think, you know, he's breathing down the neck of Matt Ryan. He might take over the starting job. Nobody was looking at him like that. It was a quick ascension because he was literally named the quarterback to last week. It was big breaking news on Longhorn's Twitter 
that he got the elevated QB2 <laughs> job over Nick Foles last week. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait, he's QB1 now. He will not be denied. <laughs> will not be denied. Okay, you mentioned the preseason efforts. And here's what I would say. Matt Ryan is a statue. Matt Ryan cannot oh, move. Matt Ryan has cinder blocks attached to his ankles. Sam Ellinger, <laughs> complete opposite. If you look at play style, what does Sam Ellinger do? He scrambles. He makes plays happen out of nothing. I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson or anything when I say that. Far short of that in terms of ability. However, Sam Ellinger is able to get outside the pocket and make stuff happen with his legs. And we look at what helps fantasy quarterbacks, especially in this modern era of fantasy football, it's usually the guys that can move a little. Usually the guys get out of a little bit of legs. I just don't know, is he in that Jalen Hurts category? Is he more of a Kyler type? Is he more of a Russ type where it's like, okay, they can use their legs, but it's not their best attribute. I'm sure if you're uh, Frank Reich in the Colts, you don't really want him doing that excessively because like he said, they're one knee sprain or shoulder injury away from Nick Foles being the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. The reason they made this move is for Sam Ellinger to have an extended look, a look that's not diminished by injury as the Colts starting quarterback because they want to see if they have anything there. So I feel as though they're going to reduce any designed runs for Sam. And if he does happen to benefit from his legs, it's going to be like three or four scrambles a game, which maybe pick up like 10 to 20 yards, not going to really shift the balance of fantasy. In terms of a guy like Pittman, if Sam Elger's smart, which I do think he's a smart guy, obviously he went to the University of Texas, clearly a smart guy. <laughs> I think that Sam Elger will target a guy like Pittman regardless because it's hard to miss him on the field. He's one of the biggest guys on the field. The only one bigger than him is Mo Alley Cox. Maybe he targets Mo Alley Cox more. We see young quarterbacks focus on their tight ends. Maybe we see a little bit of a boost to the tight ends. Uh, but Michael Pittman Jr. is still going to get his eight to 10 targets a game. Yeah, I think that he's so ingrained in the offense. The biggest shift in the Colts offense, though, and what does this mean? I'm doing the Brian Windhorse meme here. What does this mean? Uh, <laughs> is that we've seen them start to pass a lot more. They've started to rely on short, quick passes to really get this offense going. Like you said, it was the league's worst offense as of two weeks ago. They were pretty mm-hmm. bad. But oh, yeah. they got better as they started to let Matt Ryan cook more even though Matt Ryan looks cooked they started to let him cook a little bit more and it helped the offense <laughs> kind of move the ball a little bit I think they're going to continue doing that with Sam just some quick short strikes to allow him to kind of get comfortable in this offense we look at the schedule the next big thing I want to talk about schedule I know I'm going a million miles per hour here guys I'm sorry <laughs> about that uh, but let's look at the schedule they get Washington a couple weeks from now they get the Raiders is Sam Howler a guy that you can pick up off waivers and start you done? <laughs> you're good um no it, i think he's a good guy to play in Superflex. high upside what are you gonna lose especially if, if you have a decent record and you want to try out a guy see what he looks like in the flex but uh I, I don't know that i'm ready to elevate him to be a starting quarterback yet as in on a fantasy roster obviously um i guess the colts are ready to make him a starting quarterback on a regular roster yeah, it, the next few weeks, he's got some good matchups. After that, it gets a little bit tougher with Philadelphia and Dallas coming up. And I, I still think Pittsburgh might be a little tougher, but that's a Steelers fan in me talking. If, if you were in a situation where you had Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes on bye week, would he be a guy that you're picking up this week? 
I'd still be looking. I, I mean, hopefully, if you had the chance to, you grab Daniel Daniel Jones to get in there this week. Um, or Andy or somebody Dalton. like that. Andy Dalton uh, and against Andy that Dalton. Raiders defense. Andy Dalton would be a really good start this week too. Um, if you <laughs> miss those guys and there's nobody else out there that looks that great, you take a shot on him this week. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst move. You never know what you're gonna get out of a guy like that in his first NFL start. I think that Pittman maybe gets a little bit of a downgrade, but I don't think it's as much as some people might think it'll be. Tight end, I don't know that there will be any kind of a bump there. The biggest reason simply because they're playing Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods. So you're kind of having to deal with the fact that they're playing two tight ends. Those those targets are split up. So very limited on what you can get out of those guys. Can I ask you, what do you think of Paris Campbell? The last two weeks, Campbell has had performances of 11 targets and 12 targets respectively last week was the bigger week as he had 10 receptions 70 yards and a touchdown touchdowns in consecutive weeks Paris Campbell is he a guy that you feel comfortable starting at this point is he a guy you slide into your flex Paris Campbell's still a little scary um I I don't know who to expect to emerge as the the second best receiver there between him and Alec Pierce he's a guy we're holding on to right now starting is is a little scary but you could put him in a flex and feel okay so you agree that he should be at minimum rostered rostered yes alec pierce so you think that he should be rostered pierce last three weeks uh his targets have gone down he went from nine to seven to four yep Uh, it's not an uncommon thing to see rookies be up and down so i mean it he could he could be right back up at nine next week. Can, can we play now. devil's advocate here too? Yeah, Alec of Pierce, rookie. Uh, Sam Ellinger, not a rookie, but obviously as the backup quarterback, had a lot more opportunity to work with rookies like Pierce. And we talked about the preseason where Ellinger was really striding. Uh, we, we've seen this play out over time. Can Pierce be the, the buy low breakout candidate, given that he's probably worked with Ellinger more than any of these other wide receivers who were on the starting unit with Matt Ryan? That might be worth taking a stab at. I, I like Alec Pierce. I've got him on a couple of rosters, and I feel good about what I might get out of him the rest of the year. The Slumbuster guys are killing it. Half done. Third quarter is beginning now. Week seven featured the triumphant return of DeAndre Hopkins, and the Arizona Cardinals offense was the better for it. As the former star wide receiver, I guess we'll talk about former star, star wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins put up 14 targets, 10 receptions, over 100 yards. He was Kyler Murray's clear favorite target on the day. But I think fantasy owners are asking themselves, is wide receiver one, DeAndre Hopkins, back or is this a sell-high opportunity? Wide receiver one, DeAndre Hopkins, is absolutely back. He got 10 catches, a high three yards, and he looked like a star doing it. The Arizona Cardinals put up 42 points, although, you know, of course, 14 points was from the defense. But uh, he looks good. Yeah, (laughs) right. He looks good. He's going to be a strong play the rest of the way. I would put him as a wide receiver one, top eight or nine receivers in the NFL. Do you think that more than just ability, because I think we're going to get a big question answer in terms of what his ability is still physically now that he is an aging wide receiver but do you think more than that his value is in the target share oh i i think that's a huge part of it marquise brown being out helps that too a lot and they got targets. robbie anderson man it, watch out 
all the ghosts, the ghosts have, of Robbie Anderson. I don't think he even had a target in that game uh, last week. Uh, I can check. Uh, it does not look like he had, yeah, one target. One, one target. target. He had last one week. target for Robbie Anderson. That yeah. is absolutely worth what a conditional six round pick. Now, I mean, you got to weigh in the fact that that's his first game with the team after being traded. He hasn't been How about at all. first game with the team after coming back off a of suspension? Because that's what D Hop did. Uh, that's true. No, there's reason to be excited for DeAndre Hopkins being back. And I would say if you waited the six games and you have DeAndre Hopkins back in your lineup, you're the better for it. Because if you are one of those fantasy teams that is sitting with that like four and three mark right now, five and two, and you just added D hop to your starting lineup, then you are ready to just run away with your league respectively. Yeah. Because this is a monumental shifter in leagues. You talk about what are league winners. I would say DeAndre Hopkins coming off of suspension could be a league winner because at baseline minimum, it's at least a spot in your lineup that you could count on consistent production. Maybe because let's talk about 2021 with DeAndre Hopkins a little. Now there was some injuries that were factored in. Sure. But his game logs towards the tail end of the season weren't exactly awe-inspiring. And why we're even asking that can he be a wide receiver one question? Well, here's his last three games. 7.9, 10.2, 7.6. He had other performances throughout the season of 3.6, 8.7. If we're talking wide receiver one production, single-digit efforts in a half-point PPR league isn't exactly wide receiver one. Doesn't scream that to me. My only uh, thoughts on that is maybe that's why he was doing the performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> Get a little deer antler in there. That that yeah. cures everything. <laughs> no, but seriously, I he looked great in his first game back. I don't think you overthink it here. I think he's a guy worth getting. And I, I do I want mean, to play he's... devil's advocate. I, I just kind of want to play devil's advocate since it was his first game back. Do you think there's a little bit of wanting to beat him while he got back just to show the world DeAndre Hopkins is back? It's absolutely possible, but I mean, I I don't think they're going to stop feeding him, honestly. He's the guy there. They traded for him because they wanted him, and Kyler Murray's done a good job over the years of getting the ball to him. I'll give you a stat. Okay. The Arizona Cardinals offense averages with DeAndre Hopkins since they acquired him 28 points a game. Wonder how many points they average when he's not in the starting lineup? 17. Oh, wow. So he does shift the offense in a positive direction when he's in there. They're not worse for having DeAndre Hopkins in their starting lineup. There's no way that they moved in the wrong direction. Baseline minimum, he's gained more than the zero points he was gaining through the first six weeks. So he's already showing that he's trending upwards, guys. Um, Now, I think that DeAndre is great. But I, I still think that there is a market if you did want to move him. Because I feel uh, yeah. as though there's still perhaps some elite guys that you can maybe capture off of just this week one performance. Because his value is never going to be higher. I'll no. tell you that. I don't think his value is ever going to be higher than coming off a 10 reception, 100-yard week. Uh, you put up 20 in your opening debut, then that's instantly going to make other owners take notice. Because there's still a lot of people that still think of Houston Texans' DeAndre Hopkins when he was really top four, top three wide receiver in the league, DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't think he's necessarily that anymore. I think, like you said, like we're saying here, he's still a wide receiver one, but probably low end. I think he's more low end wide receiver one than he'll ever be high end wide receiver one when he was in Houston and he was commanding the highest target share in the league. 
Because in Houston, they were really feeding the ball. It wasn't oh, even they were close. feeding like crazy. Some of those years, he had a high 30% target share. I think you might be on something with that, in that if you did have an inkling to try to trade him right now, this would be the time. His value is not going to get higher than it is right now. Even if he does have another couple good games, his value is still going to be right where it is. I think people are expecting the good games to come. If you think he might not have those good games for whatever reason, this might be the time to try to trade him. Maybe package him for something like an elite tight end. If you need another running back, if you have depth, if you were already winning your fantasy league prior to DeAndre Hopkins emergence and you got him back, then maybe this is your opportunity to consolidate your roster and get even more in that elite tier of guys. I'm talking those Cooper rushes. I'm talking those uh, Justin Jefferson's. If you could package DeAndre Hopkins with maybe one other RB one wide receiver, one low end, and maybe you could finagle someone. It's just all about your negotiating skills. This is where we make the money part of the deal. Let's make it happen. People let's move things around and win some leagues, right? Let's win just, some leagues. Just as a note, uh, don't go after Cooper Rush. Go after Cooper Cup, please. Yes. Don't, <laughs> don't rush to go after Cooper Rush. Get, get Cooper Cup. Sorry, I mixed up my hoops. And now starts the final quarter. Buckle up. Buckle up. This is the Slump Buster Podcast. So amongst the upsets in NFL Week 7, we saw the Commanders get a commanding victory over the Green Bay Packers. Not really that commanding, but it's still, nonetheless, to <laughs> add to the narrative, I will say it was a commanding victory over the Green Bay Packers. In, in that upset, Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, happened to have 13 fantasy points, double-digit fantasy points, after three consecutive weeks of 5.2, 7.6, and 1.5. Now, that's a that's a really scary stat line. During spooky season, I would run away from. He's <laughs> back because Taylor Heineke's back. And Taylor Heineke last year, for all his faults as a limited passer, as not really any kind of tier four quarterback, barely scratching tier four, maybe a tier five quarterback. Taylor Heineke was able to feed Terry McLaurin. So that's why I ask you, Andrew Holman, with Taylor Heineke now under center for the commanders, do you think Terry McLaurin will reascend himself to the top of the wide receiver rankings rest of the season? I do not. I think this is a flash in the pan. Heineke only threw for 201 yards in this game. Yes, over a third of those were to McLaurin. I just don't know that that's sustainable. Heineke's not that great a quarterback. Um, he's a backup there for a reason behind one. So they went and got him for a reason. He, I think this is going to be as good a game as you're going to get out of McLaurin. Five for 73 and a touchdown isn't exactly great. He's not going up to the top of the wide receiver rankings. Not, he's not going to get in the wide receiver one conversation playing like this right now. Well, I don't need him necessarily be in the wide receiver one conversation. But do you think Terry McLaurin, rest of the season, I could count on him again as a low-end wide receiver, too? Because I'd, I'd be happy if he was that, given his quarterback. Yeah, of course you'd be happy, especially with where you probably got him in the draft as a mid-range back-end wide receiver, too. I just think he's going to be more of a wide receiver three guy the rest of the way. I think if you have anybody in your league who might bite on him as a wide receiver, too, you might take that shot right now. I hear what you're saying about Taylor Heineke, and I 100% agree with you. But Taylor Heineke, he has a little bit of Ryan Fitzpatrick in him to me. Neither are great quarterbacks. Neither are probably even good quarterbacks. But you know what they are? They're guys that know who their playmakers are on the field. 
they never try and be more than themselves, but they try and get it in the hands of people who are more than themselves. And I think that Terry McLaurin is one of the better young wide receivers in the league. And there was a reason that Washington extended him because they knew his ability and what he brings to their franchise, what he brings to their offense. And I think the target percentage I, I, says a, the tale more than anything. I mean, you've got eight targets. You look around too. Jahan Dotson is out. He's going to be miss another week. Curtis Samuel only had five uh, receptions in their last game. I think that Terry McLaurin is the clear wide receiver one in this offense. And even though it's a small pie, I still think that the ones that are given, the shares that are given, are going to be valuable ones. I think that Terry McLaurin is still going to be a guy that's targeted in the red zone. He's still a guy that's going to beat defenders. And I think that as we kind of move through the soft Washington schedule, because they have a pretty favorable rest of the year schedule, I think that there's going to be an opportunity for Terry McLaurin to continue to give you scraping, if not exceeding double-digit performances for the rest of the year. And I think that as we mentioned with the ADP, as we mentioned with the expectations of Terry McLaurin, I think that's what you're asking for. So I'm not asking him to be above and beyond. I don't think that he'll be a wide receiver one until Washington gets a quarterback in there. But as long as they have what they have, Terry McLaurin will be a low-end wide receiver two for people. And someone that you can start comfortably. Maybe if there's a tougher matchup in there, you choose to bench him. But I think that he's someone that I can count on more than I did. I think my reservation is that I think that Heineke might raise his floor, but I think that his ceiling is capped. And that's so fair. I think that's I think fair. that's my issue right there. Chris Godwin or Terry McLaurin, rest of the season. Uh, that's, I, I would go with both of them have a decent floor. Um, I would go with Chris Godwin just simply because I think he has a little bit more upside. Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, rest of the season. Give me Keenan Allen. Okay, so at least establishing kind of like where you're at with him. What about a guy like Christian Kirk? I'll take Terry McLaurin over Christian Kirk. Okay. Uh, back to Keenan Allen. I think if Mike Williams hadn't just gone out, I probably would have stuck with McLaurin. So what about any of the Chiefs wide receivers? Uh I like Juju right now. He's looking pretty good. It's toss up there. Hey, they just added Kadarius Tony. Who knows? Hey, that might be another video, right? Well, right. anyway, guys, hey, maybe you're asking yourself what to do with Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. I don't know if you hate the nickname. Some people like it. Some people don't. I know it was given to Terry Rozier a couple of years ago, and he stuck with it. But we'll see if it sticks with the star wide receiver for the Washington Commanders. 